Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's only one event in an NHL offseason anymore that triggers talks about whether or not your team is tough enough. And that is when somebody invariably signs Ryan Reeves. Well, Maple Leafs did that a little while ago and otherwise haven't heard a single thing about it, have we? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out as well. It's not exactly some bold, hot take on my part to inform you that the Penguins aren't any tougher for the coming season than they were for the past season. This roster added almost no toughness, at least not by the traditional measurement of such a thing. There's not anyone at all who would be you know, going after anybody to drop gloves or to protect Sid and Gino or any of that sort of thing. It's just nothing. There's just nothing. The players they added don't fit that mold at all. Doesn't mean that they can't the rest of the way. Doesn't mean that they won't. Kyle Dubas, when he was in Toronto, did employ the occasional tougher guy. And he did place some value on guys who played, not necessarily as the old school enforcer role, but as more of the real pain in the rear end types that an opponent would have to face. But when when you look at the, the free agency who've been added, you're talking about, you know, Lars Eller, Matt Nieto. Noel Achari, they they have tough characteristics within their play, but they're not that. And for me, this discussion in general is a lot like politics, at least our modern politics, where everybody's either way over here or way over there. And if you're in the middle, you're just a weirdo. You know, there's nothing there. It should just be completely empty in the middle. The fans who still value some sort of old school toughness, again, doesn't mean dropping the gloves. It could just mean, hey, look, so-and-so took a cheap shot at Sid. Go get him. doesn't have to be a fight. You just go after him. You know, make sure that he knows that he's not allowed to be doing that or that if he does do that, there's going to be a reaction. Penguins have none of this. They had none of it this past season, and I don't see it coming 
in the 2023-24 season either. But there are a lot of people that would like to see at least some semblance of it. One guy, two guys, who in addition to being able to play, can also mix it up as needed. And of course, on the other end of this hockey slash neopolitical spectrum, you've got the advanced analytics crew that just turn their nose up at absolutely anything that has even the tiniest trace of toughness attached to it. Probably the most glaring example of that that I've seen in recent years around here was the acquisition of Eric Goodbranson. If you'll recall, Jim Rutherford sent Tanner Pearson out to Vancouver. Bad contract, not much of a player, didn't have a lot left, did not fit in at all in Pittsburgh for whatever reason. And Goodbranson came from Vancouver, a big, strong, right-handed defenseman who was a first-round pick, I believe fourth overall, unless I'm mistaken, and you know had some ability and for whatever reason, was a good fit and became instantly popular with his teammates and put up even gasp good advanced metrics. That crowd had no idea what to do with this. This was like man on the, I was going to say the moon, man on Mars type of stuff for that crowd because they're not used to having any of their equations proven wrong and good Branson came here and blew him up pretty good he didn't necessarily sustain that everywhere he's been since but he was a fit here in Pittsburgh and he remains for me to this day the example of hey you know you can have someone who can play and take care of things there aren't many of them in the league when you have one don't just dump all over them because Um, new ideology instructs you to react a certain way. If anything, if you're into analytics, you should be the most open-minded. You should be the most objective. And in a lot of cases, it's exactly the opposite with that crowd. And yet, I say all of this, and none of it matters, because what it always comes down to is that Mike Sullivan the head coach, the one who deploys the people on the ice, the one who had Reeves on his roster and opted to not deploy him, wants nothing to do with this. He doesn't believe in retribution, revenge, in hockey, in any capacity, for any reason. He just doesn't. He sees it as completely counterproductive to the cause. He sees his players' toughness as being best demonstrated through a team commitment to not take penalties. Well, okay, that's fine, and that did work for a couple of Stanley Cup runs. It did. But the problem that's emerged in that capacity is, right, the power play doesn't punish anybody anymore. That's the real killer here. If you're going to continue to stick by a culture of never, ever do anything back to anybody, 
because we'll get them on the power play, then you'd better get them on the power play. Because if you don't, all these players with the bruises and welts and everything else are going to wonder what the heck they're doing. And don't think that some of that hasn't already crept into the process. When we come back, J1Q. from Cody. He says, DK, do you think the Penguins have the ability to address the exhale as presently constructed? The exhale is what I call the opening minute of the period, the minute after you score a goal, and the closing minute of a period. It would feel like the team exhales and lets in a stupid goal during those times far too often throughout the season. Is that something that needs to be fixed by the coach, by the GM, or by the players? Well, the answer to your question, Cody, is obviously D, all of the above, and probably even more than that. I have today on our website, uh, Drive to the Net Analysis, breaking down Lars Eller and some of the things that he brings to a team from strictly the intelligence standpoint. I know he's 34. He's not flying around the way he did a handful of years ago. His offensive production is down. I'm aware of the knocks. I'm aware of the perceived overpay of his contract. I happen to not agree with it. I happen to not agree with the general criticism of the Eller contract. And the reason for that is what you're describing there, Cody, was the result of Sullivan looking down at his bench and seeing no adults that he could send out there. And please don't misconstrue that to be a reference to age. He had lots of older people. What he didn't have was a smart, shutdown type, 200-foot third-line center. Someone who not only is assigned the role, but lives the role. That's who Eller is. That's who Eller's always been when he's been at his best, including his young days in Montreal, his Stanley Cup days in Washington. And the Avalanche used him the same way after picking him up midseason last year. He is that guy. He can make a big, big difference in that regard. He is worth the investment, I feel, because of the fit. Different players are always going to come with different values to different teams. That's one of the things that always gets left out of these random debates about this sort of thing. The Penguins need Eller more than other teams do. So it's logical that the Penguins would pay more. And I'm sorry, they still didn't pay too much. It's two years and $4.9 million. Big whoop. Out of the cap, the overall cap, that's a drop in the bucket. I believe Eller will be a big part of what you're describing. I believe Eller is someone that Sullivan can send out and will send out in those situations. Not all of them, not religiously. But the reason that I say that is if you remember when Teddy Bluger, pre-broken jaw, was on a line regularly with Brandon Tanev and Zach Aston Reese, that's how he used those guys. That's the way he trusted those guys. He wanted them to be the ones who immediately took charge so that even if the rest of the team felt the need to, how did you put it, exhale, 
These guys weren't going to do that. It would be wonderful for the Penguins if Eller can have that effect on this team. That said, I really want you to go read this thing. I, I don't make a habit of of uh, pushing the stuff that I've written, but I, I want you to go take a look at this Drive to the Net feature today and tell me what you think. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 